Hi family, welcome back to Amigapreneur. This is your host, Jacqueline. If you're new here, please don't forget to subscribe. This is a podcast where we feature women of color who are entrepreneurs and creatives. We focus on transformation from that place of feeling stuck to taking action on your dreams. A couple of announcements. First, this is our season finale of season two. We will be back with season three in September. Lots more amazing women to come. So in preparation for that, we will be taking a short break. I'll see you guys back in September. And the second announcement, which I am super excited to announce, is a free webinar that I'll be having on August 7th at 6.30 post-standard time entitled Unleashing Your Inner Badass. In this free webinar, we'll be talking about how to use the power of vulnerability and intuition to launch that dream project. Now, who is this for? If you're someone that is going through a transition, meaning you're facing a life transition from either a job loss, maybe you had a health scare, maybe you had an ending of a relationship, or sometimes it's even something as simple as just realizing that where you are is not enough. And in truth, it probably never was. And if we really think of this time and refocus and see that this time can probably be or more certainly can be a gift and not a place of uncertainty, you may realize just like I did that it may be the best thing that ever happened to you. In this webinar, we'll be discussing how to do self-care while in transition, how to connect and stop suppressing your intuition, why it's important to be vulnerable, and how to harness its power for creativity and the pursuit of passion. It is time to get creative and purposeful. I am so excited for this. All of the information will be in the show notes. And if you follow me on Instagram, all that information will be in the link in bio. I hope to see you there. And again, that is August 7th at 6.30 post standard time. Now on to our guest. So today we have Jasmine, aka Esoteric Essa, and I couldn't think of a better person to close off the podcast than Jasmine. I definitely feel that we saved the best for last. She just encompassed what this whole season's been about. It's been about, you know, connecting to your magic, owning who you are, and putting that out into the world. And she definitely shares her journey and how she finally got to that point of what the soul patterns that she talks about was really trying to tell her. And she talks very openly about operating from her ego, again, repeating those soul patterns and doing her life's work, which I am so excited. I won't continue to go on. Listen to the interview. Definitely get yourself a pen and paper and take notes. Grab yourself some wine or some coffee and definitely sit back and enjoy all the beauty and the wisdom and magic that Jasmine brings to this interview. As always, I will see you guys in September. Definitely take this time to go back and listen to the many amazing women who have come to the podcast and have been open and vulnerable and have allowed us to not only share in their journey, but allowed us to share in their magic and let us know that we have that within ourselves too. And that just like them, we can start putting that out It's interesting because I think I've had that time in my life several times, right? Several times. And the reason being several times is because every time until leading 
up to that big time, um, I didn't really address it. I treated it surface level. And so when I finally had the culmination to what I guess we would say the, the one big time was when I completely felt out of alignment with who I am and how I was projecting that into my reality. And it was really coming down to a place of in my professional identity. And I think our professional and our career identities are such a spiritual form of us extending who we are as spirits and spiritual beings, right? And so I felt completely out of alignment with what I was doing in my professional life. I didn't feel it was adding any value to my personal life. I wasn't adding value to the lives of others aside from, you know, my boss and my bosses who I was helping make a great living. And I finally decided that I really needed to leave corporate world because it was the same pattern over and over again in different sequences coming up in the form of different, really different um, jobs. And so finally... I just decided I needed to do things for myself and really pursue the, the mystic realm of my identity in this lifetime that I know I really came here to pursue. What was that pattern that you realized that you kept repeating over and over? Yeah. <laughs> um, reflecting back, it was really me running away from what was in my face the entire time, meaning I would get you know, these amazing jobs I've had, I've been so blessed to really work for some amazing different industries and different people and exposed to things that the average person wouldn't be exposed to. And I say that with humility and with gratitude. And every time I felt I was reaching a point of accomplishment, it was like, well, I want more, I need more. But my bosses or the companies weren't giving me the more that I wanted, whether it was the pay raise, whether it was the title change, whether it was running my own department. And so it would come in the same form, just in different conversations in different companies, different, different fields, different genres, right? But it was always the same pattern of well, you're not, you're not worthy enough to have that title change or you haven't really proven you need that pay raise or, um, you know, why don't you just settle or you don't really need that, ta- that seat at the table, right? And so at those times, I was always perceiving them to be as people um, trying to take things away from me when in reality, when I finally had that one big moment of the aha, here it is again, yet for the third or fourth time. Um, And it was finally one of those moments of me realizing actually it's the universe giving me rather than lack. And so I think when I was finally able to shift my perception from lack to abundance of what am I truly getting out of this instead of what's being removed from me. What was the more that you feel that you were needing? And when it was blocking you, what, what came, I guess, what came up for you as to why it was being blocked, right? Because you kind of talked a little bit, but what do you think was the more that you needed? Okay. So can you, okay. So can you say the question one more time? Cause it's sure. a lengthy question. Sure. So you talked about being in your corporate job and realizing there was a pattern of always needing more. Mm-hmm. 
always like a need for more, another title or money or something. And so I'm just wondering what that more was for you and what, why that block kept coming up for you. And the reason I asked that is because I think we don't realize the patterns and the habits that we're doing mm-hmm. outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? That, that it's something else is holding you back, but we don't take a step back to look like this is constantly happening, right? And it's happening for us. Right. It's, it's not, it's nothing against us. Right. I guess I, wa- I want to understand in a more like a grounded level, right? For people that are listening, because I know that now you're in the other side where you understand and you, you're able to connect the dots and you're more open to receiving. But I'm sure if you go back, you weren't in the space of like, oh, okay, this is happening because of this. So for you, that more, um, yeah, talk, a- I guess go into that a little more. What the more was for you and do you feel if you had gotten it would you feel validated or would you just needed more and then what were those blocks i guess telling you does that make sense it makes sense and i think the first couple times when this situation occurred for me it was from a way of me perceiving on the outside of the more being more of a self-righteous thing Mm -hmm. right and so I seeked that in other places by leaving. And so when I finally had that one big tower moment, that one big aha of me realizing this repetitive soul pattern in terms of my professional career, it was really me in my face understanding that the more that I wanted, and I know this probably isn't, um, this probably isn't like the nicest answer. But sometimes I think we also need to be mindful of this. The more that I wanted was actually me in reality just being selfish and me being egotistical. And I really needed to understand where if I'm doing something that I truly feel I'm adding value and I'm really passionate about and I love, why do I need to constantly seek the more? You know what I'm saying? And so that's what helped me shift my perception of, okay, wait, I'm not happy. I'm acting from a place of ego. And I think it also just depends on where we're at in terms of our timelines, right? Mm -hmm. And so at that point in my life, it was really a moment of my ego just shattering down and breaking down and realizing all of my self-identity, like you had mentioned earlier in your personal journey when we were talking offline, Mm -hmm. a lot of my self-identity at that time when I had that big tower moment was really attached to all my self-serving needs. And I think a lot of times we have to realize, are we doing things with everything we do in our interpersonal relationships? And I know this is very preachy Mm -hmm. in our professional careers, in our friendships, in our day-to-day lives. um, If we're constantly feeling we need more, Mm -hmm. I need more out of this marriage. I need more out of this friendship. I need more out of this job. That's a place of ego, right? When we should really be operating from a sense of self, self-fulfillment. And I wasn't operating from that. And that's when I knew and it triggered, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not doing my life's work. So I hope that makes sense. I know it's really like, um, I guess, I don't know. Like, it's just, that's the only way I could really put it into simplest terms. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah. You know what I'm saying? My, my, what comes up for me when it comes to that, when you talk about you're feeding the ego and it was your own selfish, mm-hmm. what do you feel it was feeding and what do you feel it was depriving? 
What do I feel it was feeding and what do I feel it was depriving? Yes. My, my self-serving needs, I definitely felt it was feeding, um, of course, my ego, right? But it was definitely feeding all these illusions of um, these paradigms that I had really thought myself to believe up until that very moment was my reality. Meaning like I've always been told growing up and I'm very thankful for this because it, it's, it's cultivated me into the individual that I am. I've always been told, you know, you get, you become a straight A student, you go to college, you finish college, you get a great career, you make, you know, bomb figures, you work your way up the ladder, you don't give up. And so a lot of that was conditioning that I was feeding through all these um, perceptions of me thinking, no, I have to do it this way. And I went to school for this. And I'm not, you know, I'm not one to say don't go to school. I'm a hundred percent advocate in higher education. Um, but I think a lot of times we have to go through these paths like you did yourself, Jacqueline, mm -hmm. to be led down a different path because we're just arming ourselves with different tools of knowledge. And so I think it was definitely feeding my sense of, um, false, I guess you could say, perception of what I thought my life should be when in reality, um, the divine was saying, yes, you, this is how your life was supposed to be, but we're shifting you. And so I was resisting a lot. And when we resist, that's when we become out of alignment and unhappy. And instead I was, I looking back now, um, really feel it was meant to feed me into a much more, um, centered, aligned, um, person, much more overall person who feels like I have my well-being finally put together because for the longest time I was so stressed and I was so anxious. And I even went through a moment of depression, uh, when I was going through all these phases of me constantly running away from what life was trying to direct me towards. And instead I was pushing and resisting. And I fell into a period, I fell into a period of depression because I was fighting it. And I think a lot of times, um, for the, those of us who have experienced anxiety and depression, it's because it's, it's really coming from a place of not going with the flow. So instead I, I should have been more allowing of the flow, but you know, it's a journey. It's always a journey. We don't get it right away. What was life telling you? definitely telling me um, to really be more of a person who's here to assist and serve others. Instead, I've always been so, I want to go back to self-serving. Um, I've always been someone since a very young age, and I think a lot of this has to do with society, but also when I look at my natal chart in astrology and numerology, um, I've always been someone who has struggled with my ego. My ego has gotten me into... <laughs> my biggest challenges, but also my biggest triumphs, right? And I've always been so focused on my needs and me, me, me. Um, what do I need? And instead, um, life was telling me now I have a full understanding and clarity that, yes, I am important and I am deserving. I'm worthy. But everyone else is just as worthy as you. And so I had to shift my focus to understand that I'm here to help other people as well and not so much be central focused. So there is a time that we kind of have to focus in ourselves, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. we think that we think we're serving others, but we, we're not really serving others because at the same time we're depriving ourselves, right? We're not showing up as, as our whole selves. Uh-huh. 
And so I think sometimes there's a confusion between what is selfishness and what is time for yourself and what is giving of others, right? Mm -hmm. When there's nothing that you can really give. Mm -hmm. You were in that, in that moment in the corporate world and these things kept coming up for you. And then after that, you, you, you're dealing with anxiety and stress, right? You're trying to figure out what is next for you. Mm -hmm. trying to talk to us about, I guess, um, spirituality comes up, right? Connecting to ourselves. Can mm -hmm. you give us like some steps um, that you can tell us that you did to connect to what you're doing now? Like that brought you to that point of like, oh, actually this feels more connected to me. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Which is what you're doing right now. What are some things that, yeah, I guess some steps for, for someone that is not yeah, I guess I'm trying to speak for someone, for me, when I was in the corporate world, I never, never imagined that this is what I would be doing. This is, right. you would have told me, I would have laughed, I would have been like, okay, first of all, no. <laughs> um, that's, I don't get on camera, I don't do none of these things, right? Uh -huh. uh, because I think a lot of the times when you're in the corporate world, you, you feel, for some people, obviously, yeah, yeah. that you need a plan because the corporate world is kind of laid out for you. You do this step, you get here, you do this, you get this title, right? So yeah. the cool is laid out. I know what I need to do. But when you're into what you're doing right now, which is more purpose, right? Mm -hmm. You know the steps. And mm -hmm. you know that a lot of that takes the inner work. So that it comes from you, not outside of you. Mm -hmm. Right? So mm -hmm. there's some steps that you took to start understanding that you needed to connect to you so mm -hmm. that you can understand how you can better serve you and start serving others. Absolutely. I think that's such... Um a deep question. I think the steps I can share can be applicable for anybody um, in any sort of career or, or timeline. Um, and for those of you who are listening, because I know a lot of um, my sisters who are going to, who are tuning into this episode right now, who can relate, um, you know, living the life of a mystic, there's no, <laughs> there's no real place for a mystic in this society we're so out of place we're misfits and so it's really hard to navigate and create that route for yourself in such a divine masculine um driven society right so the tips i would share is if you are currently finding yourself out of alignment in whatever situation of your life and this could even be in your in your interpersonal relationships but most especially in in what you're doing professionally it really comes down to a sense of um you're already acknowledging that you're not happy, right? Unhappiness. Emotions are drivers, um, important indicators and drivers of where we're currently at in our current state, right? And how we should navigate and how we should address things that are coming up for us. So if you're feeling unhappy, that's a huge indicator. If you're feeling confused, lost, anxious, and depressed, those are huge indicators. And so one thing that I didn't do, you guys, that I would share is truly honor those emotions instead of pushing them to the back. And so when we address them and we honor, and like Jacqueline said, you get down to the root of the inner work of, okay, it's not going to be easy, but let me figure out what's triggering these emotions. Oh, it's because I don't feel appreciated enough. Oh, it's because I feel maybe I just don't want to do this anymore and I've outgrown it. Whatever that cause may be, um, you then fully honor that 
okay, this is now shifting me and it's okay to shift. And so take the steps of really addressing what you're feeling in that moment and getting deep to the root of why you're feeling it. And it may be uncomfortable. And sometimes, um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a while to get to that point. And once you realize that, then you have to be smart about your next steps. And so in my personal life, when I finally decided to leave my corporate job and take this huge leap, Jacqueline, of being an entrepreneur, um, I didn't do it overnight. I had to have several conversations with myself before I could even have those conversations with my husband, my significant other. Um, and so I had to be smart about it. I had to save up. I had to get a savings together. Uh, I cannot stress enough. Be smart and t- draw a plan of action to take that that course of action, right? So let's really think things through and let's be smart as women of color. Um, so that way we're not having to rely or depend on other people. And so draw up that plan. And for me, my plan was save at least X amount of money in my savings and okay, um, start looking into, do I want angel investors? Yes, I do. So let me go and land an angel investor. And I did that. And then I drew up an entire business plan. I did a three-year business plan and I realized, okay, this is what it's going to take for me to get to that. Now let's say for you, it's just, you want to completely shift fields of career work. Um, then really dig deep of why you want to shift into that. And is that merely a way of you putting a bandaid over your situation or is it more so you truly doing the introspection and realizing that this is something that's going to bring about true happiness for you because you feel in alignment with where you're at in your life. And I do want to make, no, I know I'm going to kind of on a tangent, Jacqueline, but we're allowed to redirect our lives as many times as we want. And we're allowed to have as many rebirths as we want. I think in the society we get so hung up on, I went to school for a PhD and I need to be a doctor. Well, if five years in, you realize you don't want to be a doctor and you want to go out and do missionary work in a third world country, then hell do it. You know what I'm saying? Because we're energy and we're constantly moving. And so it's, we're constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. So yeah, honor that. So I want to talk about your gift. Did you always know that you would be doing the work that you're doing now or, or were you more like dismissive and disconnected? That is an interesting question. I've never had time to think about that until you've asked that right now. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Because, um, you know, I've always known I've had this like um, connection to the otherly world, paranormal, mystic stuff. And a lot of that is through lineage of uh, my grandmother. And it was very apparent to me that when I was in high school, um, it really was coming out hardcore for me. And my friends would see like, oh, how intuitive I am and how I could pick up on things and I could just do things that like reality didn't make sense of. And so that really freaked me out because um, I was, you know, we are, we're instilled with fear. So I blocked it out and I blocked it out for the longest time, but I never really blocked out my intuition in terms of trusting my gut on what I needed to do. And our intuition is such a major form of how we navigate life and figure out what's best for us. And so I've always honored my intuition. But when I finally got to the transition phase of me um, fully stepping into no longer being in fear and wanting to honor um, this non-traditional aspect 
of life, it took that tower moment of me realizing that um, when I do tap into it and I see how it's helpful, not only for myself, but for people that I love and people I interact with, why would I try and limit that? And why would I try and hide that? And why am I fearful of that when all I'm doing is cultivating good? Um, And so that's how I decided to finally let go of that fear. And it was hard because I had to deal with, till this day, I still deal with a lot of perceptions of what people deflect onto me of their own stigmas of being a mystic and oh they you know she's a bruja and they call me you know bruja in a negative way or oh she's crazy or she talks to the devil and all that stuff like I don't do any of that (laughs) you know what I'm saying (laughs) I don't do any of that but okay if that makes you sleep better at night sure but um you know, until this day, I don't think extended family really even understands, but that's okay. It's not up for me to make them understand. So yeah, it's been an interesting ride and it's still something I'm, I'm writing right now and I'm trying to deal with right now. When, when you made that decision, can you talk to us about the doubts that came up for you and how you knew you were heading in the right direction? Mm, mm-hmm. um, some of the biggest doubts were, um, me realizing, okay, there's no real place for someone who does this in our society, right? The, like someone who reads, someone who deems themselves as intuitive or psychic or who does tarot or who does readings, um, spiritual consultations, um, that's not a professional title, right? <laughs> it's looked at like maybe a hobby, if that. Mm. And um, so I had to really break down these paradigms within my own mind, within my own mental roadblocks of you're really here to help Jasmine, which shift and rewrite society. I've always known that. And so you're here to help break down these paradigms and create new forms of what people can open themselves up to. So that was one. And then the biggest one that always still comes in is dealing with the, um, the abundance and the financial roadblock of, okay, well, you're constantly hustling to bring in that money. And you have to realize like as someone who is in the spiritual community, it's okay to market yourself. It's okay to really value your work at what you deem valuable. And I think a lot of times there's this old tradition of um, you do this for a labor of love and, or you don't price things too high because then you're operating from a place of ego or a place of wanting to rob people. And it's so, I think a lot of spiritualists and mystics um, struggle with that, like with the abundance and the money roadblocks. Like uh, I know so many people who are doing things for free and it's like, granted, if you come from a place of you can do that for free, then why not? But like you mentioned earlier, Jacqueline, if you're pouring from an empty cup, why you know what I'm saying like no that's that's not right and I think part of being spiritual is understanding you're so worthy of money and of abundance and so that was one of the biggest roadblocks not only in my professional career right because as it is as a woman of color and as a first generation Latina and you know what I'm saying working in the entertainment industry and working in the casino industry and all these different industries I've been in um I've always been placed like, uh, uh-uh, you sit in this corner and we'll welcome you to the table when we want you to. So it was something that I've always had to deal with as a soul pattern. And then when I jumped in as an entrepreneur, as a spiritual entrepreneur, 
um, it was really highlight, highlighted in my face. And so um, dealing with that has been some of my greatest um, opportunities to grow. I love that you spoke about that. I had someone on past, past podcasts and I love the way she broke it down about, we actually talked about how within our community, a lot of the times we're offended when people that are spiritual that they charge but mm. not not understanding that we live in 2019 right where mm. in the past uh, people who were healers teachers were taken care of we don't do that today and mm. the biggest thing that she brought up that i i loved is that she charges um her energy the energy that it takes to come in and do the things that she do because it took a lot of energy and she couldn't be a giver if everything was being taken taken from her and she couldn't show up so that's why she, she didn't charge like you do in the corporate world. Oh, you have these years experience. She was like, I charge my energy because right. I want to show up 100 for you. And I have to charge this money in order to live the life that I need to live so that I'm able to have the energy to show up and help you. Um, so Absolutely. I love that. What is I it? Think, well, can I add to that? I think it comes down to um, the energy exchange. Everything's energy exchange, mm -hmm. even in the corporate world, right? But it comes down to the inner wisdom that, that um, that these practitioners, facilitators, healers, teachers, spiritualists are offering up. And I think, yes, very, very valid point. Um, you know, it's past wisdom that so many of us are carrying down through different incarnations. And I say this from a place of just, you know, with gratitude, um, it's a different world. So we have to take into account like, yeah, we're tapping into our energy, which is, I mean, it's a huge, huge form of exchanging of energy, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're someone who does work with actual energy like Reiki and Pasos de Manos and all that stuff. So yeah, I ab absolutely agree with that. And I'm glad that that's being brought into conversation in your podcast. Yeah, it, it was just something that I, I think maybe a lot of people um, never, maybe probably haven't thought about. And if they have, they're like, what, what is that mentality? How does it serve us now in 2019? Yeah. And it helps us to appreciate those people that we go to that are healers, right? Mm -hmm. um, why, why it's okay to, to give back to them and pay whatever amount that they see fit. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's funny because the other day, um, there was some event and there was a guy there that does Olympia. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he was just charging donations and I offered him money. He's like, Oh, no, 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 you don't, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, I want to give this to you. I go, I would give you more, right. If I have no, but I want to give you this because I want to, I want you to continue to do the work you do. Mm -hmm. Like he stayed quiet. He goes, thank you so much for that. You know, mm -hmm. and of course that came from having that conversation with, um, her name is Delisa mm -hmm. that, that I really felt that that's how we can, give back to healers when they, when they serve their, you know what I mean? When they honor what they were brought here to do. I guess. Yeah. And That's you know, just to throw this out there really quickly, cause I do want us to stay on, on, yeah, yeah. No, this yeah. just came in. And, um, I think a lot of that has to do with breaking away from old stigmas. Like how many times have you heard from people that like, Oh, I went to get Olympia or I went for a consultation or, you know, and, the practitioner charged me this and they want me to come back in for this or they charged your Thea like 500 bucks and I don't know why and she didn't do anything, right? And so it's like, unfortunately, there are people out there who are taking advantage of the naivety, right? right, And of goodwill of people. And so then it makes people like that gentleman 
Mm -hmm. guilty and feel bad because he feels he has to make up for those people who are taking advantage and, and tainting the, the, the community. And so he feels, well, I need to just not even charge, you know what I'm saying? So that's another form of, of mental roadblocks and mental stigmas that someone as a healer, um, has to deal with. And so it's nice for you to remind him that you are worthy to Mm -hmm. say that you do need money because like you said, it's 2019, ain't nothing for free no more. (laughs) My my biggest thing too is that we have to take responsibility when it comes to healers, any type of healers, a doctor, yeah. um, uh, a therapist. Therapist. Mm-hmm. We we don't go to them and say, "Here is my problem. You solve it." It's it's a it's a relationship. You mm. have to own mm. that if something doesn't feel right with uh, someone that does Olympia, and you go to your gynecologist for example and it just doesn't feel right you don't feel this person is really helping you it yes. feel, you have to own that that's yes, girl. That we need to talk more about like own that you have to learn to listen to you and how it feels to you mm-hmm. yes please of other people whether they do limpias or whether you know we go and get our physical exactly we have to own and listen to your voice where this doesn't i'm not paying 500 bucks for that (laughs) no like no that just doesn't feel right and be okay with that yes what this this is worth more than 500 dollars, and what i do it it does something for my soul and Mm. you have to own that too Mm -hmm. i'm okay with paying that because it does something for me um but to to go back something that came up for me is what would you like people to understand about your gift Um, what I would like people to understand, and, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for myself, but please really take this into account. Um, the work that we do in this community is truly us as we all have connection to spirit. We all have connection to God, to divine universe, whatever you want to call interchangeable. And, um, everyone has God within them. And so when you go to work with a, practic- a practitioner, a facilitator, a healer, um, if ever they're coming from a place of wanting to fully take, um, how do I say this in a nice way? Say it. If there's no gratitude, right? Because when I work with people, I let them know. It's not me. Like people like to tell me, thank you, you've changed my life and you've done this and that. Mm-hmm. And I like to tell them, like, that actually wasn't me. I'm just a vessel of communication. I'm simply being utilized by source to help assist you with your higher self. So I didn't heal you. You know what I'm saying? It was God. It was source. It was spirit. I'm just being used as a vessel to assist you with your ascension. And ultimately, it was your higher self and your intuition that led you to me. And so if ever you're working with someone who is fully operating from a place of, yes, me, 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 and I'm amazing and I did this and all that, um, then take that as a red flag of someone that um, just be mindful of how they're operating because I think, you know, everything's an energy exchange. And so for, if we're interacting with people who aren't bringing um, energy of integrity, then just be mindful of, of what you're allowing into your own vortex, into your own into your own reality, into your own perception. So that's the biggest thing I think for myself personally to understand that, um, 
yes, we can call them abilities and we can call them gifts and all that good stuff. But really at the end of the day, I'm just as normal as you and you have just as much as the opportunity to tap into all this if you really wanted to. Um, it's a gift that can be shared with anybody and everybody. And the more of us who are tapping into this, the better we can be as a humanity and can really operate from more of a place of love. And so that's my biggest thing is like, it's, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this opportunity and to come in and help, help our sisters and our brothers. Um, but I, I know my, I know my place and I know my role in the universe and, and, and I understand that I really am operating from, from gratitude and humility. So, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so I'm gonna, two last questions for you. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm going to take it back to when you were in that dark place and you yeah. were anxious and didn't know, you know, what was next for you or why this was happening. Um, and I bring that up because you talked about intuition and connecting in a shared gift. I never heard that. That was really, really beautiful. Um, it really lets us know that we are all connected, right? That what okay. you see beautiful in someone you can also have yourself. Mm-hmm. So how, what, number one, what would you go back and say to that girl who felt anxious and, and lost and was wondering why these things were happening? And how would you tell her to connect to her intuition and to her gifts? Well, you're making me tear up. First <laughs> of all, you're making me emotional. Um, it was such a hard place to be in. And so I'm grateful for it because it got me to this point. Um, but what I would say is um, relax. <laughs> Because there's a bigger plan and there's a bigger picture. Until this day, I have to remind myself, relax. Because it's not up to you. As much as I manifest things and as much as you manifest things and we're able to manifest and create our reality, um, I think we also, um, it's a beautiful thing to be mindful of understanding that um, there's so much beauty and so much possibility that we can't even imagine, right? We can't even imagine that God and that universe has in store for us in our journeys. And so I would say to myself in that really dark place, just relax, slow down and breathe and trust. Until this day, I do have to remind myself of that. Just have the faith. Don't give up. Just trust. So that's what I would say for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. That. I usually say something, but something told me to be quiet. So I just know you were supported in that moment, but I was told to be quiet. <laughs> Thank you. How do you tap into number one, your desires and your feminine energy? And where do you find your connection to your inner child? Okay. How I tap into my desires and my feminine energy and my inner child. Um, I tap into my desires and my feminine energy, which I think is interchangeable with calling our intuition, um, really by being mindful of balancing out the duality of my energies, because we all hold yin and yang, right? We all hold divine masculine and divine feminine. And for the longest time, I have always been so masculine energy oriented. That's just part of my energetic makeup. And so in this lifetime, it's taken a lot for me to understand that I need to balance, appreciate, and love more my divine feminine energy. And I've been able to do that, which 
in turn has allowed me to tap into my desires by being more of a balanced individual and in, in alignment through the form of truly meditation meditation and that has been in the form of the traditional meditation where you see someone sitting and meditating i love to meditate with my crystals but also meditation through the form of journaling i am a writer um, that's one of my biggest talents and so meditating through writing is something that anyone listening can really tap into you don't even have to have the best grammar to do journaling meditation okay if you feel compelled to do that explore it and so allowing myself to get centered with things that force me to quiet my mind and force me to relax because when we're in a state of flow that's when we tap into our greatest forms of creativity and our greatest forms of connecting with our intuition. When we're in a state of go, 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 that's where we're in the masculine, in the manifesting and in the executing. So it's important to allow the moments of stillness so then we can allow ourselves to really um, cultivate actual physical forms of our manifestations. And in terms of my inner child, that's something that Jacqueline, for the longest time, I just neglected her. And it wasn't until this year that I decided to really, you know, a little bit of last year, I was dabbling with the thought of I need to connect with my childhood and, um, you know, just revisit everything I've ever been through and acknowledge it. And it wasn't until this year that I really decided to start loving her again. And the way I do that is by talking about all the things I loved when I was little. And when I go talk to my parents, I'll ask them to help me remind me of things. I've blocked out so much from my childhood. I think so many of us do. Mm. And um, the more we can bring up our memories of the good, the more we can heal the inner child. And I even did an Instagram post on her not too long ago, uh, sharing her nickname. You know, your inner child has a nickname. Nickname her. Connect with her. Um, he or her. And allow that inner child within you to understand that they are hurt and you're sorry for all the years of ignoring and neglecting because the inner child, as you know, Jacqueline is very much alive within all of us. It's an extension of our spirit. and so. I've noticed the more in tune I've become with acknowledging JJ, that's my inner <laughs> child, um, the more I feel good about um, understanding why things played out the way they did and understanding who I am today. And I feel more at ease and happier and confident. And, you know, so I think that's a beautiful question. Um, if you're not connecting with your inner child, ask yourself what you're fearful of and why. What's good? My name is Esoteric Essa, aka your Esoteric Homegirl Jasmine. I am an intuitive, a mystic content creator. <laughs> I do many things. I have my podcast, my YouTube channel, and my blog. And you can find me on Instagram at esoteric underscore Essa, or you can hit me up at solomonati.com. And I would love for all of you listening to take advantage of understanding more about your numerology and the power 
you hold within your numbers, within your birth date, so you can better empower yourself just as much as I did um, when I was in those transformative phases of my life. So I'm offering 10% off for those of you who are interested in seeking a 40-minute reading with me. And you can go ahead and DM me and utilize code AMIGA.